This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Well, hello everybody. This is Hal. And this is Melanie. And we want to welcome you to another episode of Making Biblical Family Life Practical. You know, Hal, Hmm? I had no idea. My mother used to tell me Mm -hmm. that she loved my kids just as much as she loved her own. And I thought, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Although she lived it, she certainly has lived it out with our kids. Right. And then we held that new grandbaby of ours. We've got our first grandchild this year. And I knew exactly what she meant. He felt like one of mine. It was amazing. And, but you know, having, y'all, it's, we still have children at home. We still have four kids at home. Yeah. One of them's still fairly young. Mm -hmm. But now we've got a grandbaby. And seeing our child and his child. Mm Mm-hmm. It's made me think a lot about those early days. You know, you kind of relive things when your kids go through them. You know, when our kids have gone through, you know, finding a mate and getting married, it made us think about when we went through that. You know, do you remember? Which was kind of neat. Yeah, really. it was really fun. I remembered a lot of things I'd forgotten. Yeah. Well, you know, I, you know I remember you know, every time we had another baby, okay, we have eight children. And, you know, we had our first one. And then like three years later, we have our second one. And I remember thinking, you know, when the second one came along, over and over again, I was thinking, oh, that's right, they do that. Yes. Because I realized I'd been so focused on what do three-year-olds do and need and how do I deal with a three-year-old, and I'd totally forgotten what it was like having a newborn and what having like a little, you know, a pre-toddler. Well, and, and so having a newborn in the family has brought up so many thoughts and ideas that we used to have, you know, that mm-hmm. we used to be the norm around our house that we thought, you know, mm-hmm. let's talk about that. Let's talk about what it's like to homeschool with a baby and a toddler and a preschooler in your home. Well, we start, we homeschooled from the very beginning. So our first one, actually, um, he was, he was early. He came to us early and was just not quite turned four when he first brought it up. And so we were, you know, in a light kind of way, we were homeschooling him from the time he was four, and he had one sibling. And then but, he had another sibling pretty and quickly. Had, and by the, so by the time, you know, he was of actual school age, he had two younger siblings. So we had a, you know, a six-year-old and a three-year-old and a, and a yeah. newborn. And, and there are some things I wish I had known then, mm-hmm. Hal, that I'd like to share with these folks. Okay. So, you know what the number one thing I wish I had known then? What's that? It gets easier. Uh, In what way? It is so hard having all little kids. Mm -hmm. Just, there's nobody to rely on. You know, when you have all littles, when all your kids are six and under, it's all you. It's all on the parent who's there, and if mom is at home and dad's off at work, then it's all on mom. And so you get ready to go somewhere. It takes you two hours to get to go anywhere. You yeah. know, you've got to find everybody's clothes. You've got to find everybody's shoes. You get everybody dressed, and as soon as you get everybody dressed, the baby needs to nurse. Or somebody's somebody falls down and has to 
has to get a new outfit on. Yeah, or, and while the baby's nursing, these two get dirty, and as soon as the baby's done, he has a blowout diaper. Then you got to change him, and then he spits up on your shirt, and you got to change yourself. Yeah, and you know it's it's so much harder. What I wish I had known then is it is drastically easier having an eighth child at forty five years old, right, than it is having a third child when you're thirty one. Well, it was. We realized after we had about four of them, I guess, that it was almost like we were always going to have a baby. Yeah. We were always going to have a toddler. We mm-hmm. were always going to have a preschooler. But it's like we were adding grades on the top of our list. Now, you know, the baby, by the time, you know, by the time when the next baby came along, everybody had graduated to the next category. Mm-hmm. But it's like you've got a, a six year old, four year old, a two year old, and a newborn. And then you've, you've got a, uh, an eight-year-old, a six-year-old, a four-year-old, a two-year-old, a newborn. Yeah, and, and so you've got a ten-year-old, so you, eight-year-old, six-year-old, four. You know. Yeah, so you've got to ask yourself: Would your life be easier if there weren't a twelve-year-old in the house? Sure, it would. So in a couple of years, you probably will. Well, one of my friends posted today how mm-hmm. she posted a picture of one child who looked maybe eight or nine, mm-hmm. holding holding a baby, and um, a little maybe a fourteen-month-old. Okay. And she said she was in the shower and she heard the toddler wake up and she thought, and so she starts trying to rinse off really quick and then the toddler stopped crying. And then pretty soon she hears her little boy say, Mom, it's okay. I've got my little brother. I'm going to, I'm going to get him something to eat. We're all right. And she realized I don't have to rush my shower. Whoa, new phase. Yeah. Okay. And she came in, and he got him a little something to eat, and he was sitting there holding him in his lap and telling the baby how precious she was. And, Uh, you know, it was perfect, and it's going to get easier. That's the number one thing I wish I had known then. It's going to get easier. And and it's okay to feel overwhelmed. It is. It's okay to feel like all you've you've got three children, and you've only got two hands. What are you going to do? And it's okay. That's real. It is real. But it's and not so, permanent. Go easy on yourself. Right. And so a seven-year-old, six if it's a girl, <laughs> a seven-year-old mm. can bring you a diaper mm-hmm. when the baby needs a change, can get a toddler out, out of the toilet and wash their hands while mm-hmm. you're nursing the baby, mm-hmm. can make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches when everybody's hungry and you're nursing the baby. Yeah. You know, a nine-year-old... Mm-hmm can finish dinner when the baby wants to nurse when you're in the middle of fixing dinner. Yeah. Um, A nine-year-old really and truly can cook dinner, but most people don't have the nerve to do that with their oldest. Well, you just have to, you have to train them. Yeah, you have to train them and teach them. You've got to teach them how to do that. And you teach them what they can and can't do. Nine-year-old has got no business carrying a pot of boiling water. Right. They can't drain the noodles. They can't drain drain the grease off the hamburger or anything. They can make some scrambled eggs. That they can. Eleven-year-old can cook a full meal. 13-year-old can run the house while you have the flu. Right. A 16-year-old mm-hmm. can go pick up burgers and shakes on the way to pick up the kids from band. So don't get discouraged if you're just starting homeschooling and you've got two little ones coming along right behind. It's going to get easier very soon, actually. It is. And so let's talk about some practical ways to, to survive this hard time. The difficult time when they're all little, because you survive that, honey, you got it. You could have as many children as the Lord gives you. It's not going to be a problem. The hardest part is getting through this next couple of years. 
Okay, so let's let's say you're looking at you're starting homeschooling now and okay, we're in September, so maybe somebody has just started homeschooling, this is their first year, and they've got a six year old, and then they have a four year old, and then they got a two year old, and maybe mom's expecting. Now what what advice do you give that mom? The first thing is don't freak out. It's really easy to feel like you're gonna fail and ruin their lives forever. They're never gonna be able to go to college or get mm. a job and you chill because there is literally no way to ruin kindergarten through second grade other than pushing too hard and making them hate learning. If you have to miss a day or miss several days, it's not a problem. It's easy to catch up at that age. Mm -hmm. And so chill out and realize you can start slow. You can start easy. You don't have to get it all done every day. It's okay. Now, did I believe that when our oldest mm, was age? No, I did not no, believe it. No. Did I believe it by the time I had four or five? Yes, I did. Yeah. But you've got to remember that George Washington mm -hmm. and the geniuses that started our country didn't go to school at all till they were eight or nine. Yeah, here's a hint for you. I don't don't talk to us about the high technology age that we live in here. Your four year old does not need a formal curriculum. No. They don't. Just don't no. don't even think that. No, they need to read. They need to be read to. Mm -hmm. They need to play. They need to make pillow forts. And they need to follow you around and work with you. That's the best thing for them. It really is. And it and what we don't realize is that those things prepare them for learning. Because mm -hmm. the things they do, like sweeping, helps them to cross the midline and prepares them to learn to read. Folding prepares them for math. Setting out silverware prepares them for math. Right. You know, that, mm -hmm. for example, you know, they're learning practical math. Honey, Grandma and Grandpa are coming over for dinner. Would you set out the forks? How many forks do I need, Mama? Well, how many of us are there? Well, mm -hmm. There's you and Daddy and me and my two little brothers. That's five. Okay. Well, then we're going to add Grandma and Grandpa. How many forks will we need? Six, seven? Yes. Good job, buddy. Okay. And so. they put out those forks, and they're learning math with manipulatives. And, you okay. know, and then you tell them, okay, put a spoon in each plate, too, because we're going to have some soup. Mm -hmm. And they're learning one-to-one -one correspondence. Okay. And yeah, they're learning all these skills in the in really the best possible way, which is real life. They're learning them in real life. They're learning them in a way that they won't easily forget. Mm -hmm. And it's just natural. It's just keeping your child with them, mm -hmm. and instead of playing on your phone, reading to them. You know, making do you know, stay. You're you're enriching their lives. You know, one thing that one thing that kind of impressed itself on me is that young kids young kids really don't have a real long attention span and so you know you don't need to plan seven hours of instructional sit-down work for your six or seven year old they just they, they're not wired for that oh goodness no um of at kindergarten first grade 45 minutes to an hour and a half max a day when I was in kindergarten, a day. a day, the whole day, the whole day, you're not like 45 of, minutes of and, then academic have a, stuff. and then you have no, a Kool-Aid no, no, break no, no, and then you no, go back no, for another. No, 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 no. When I was in kindergarten, we yeah. did nothing academic in kindergarten. Mm -hmm. 
kindergarten when we were kids, you cut and paste and sang songs and played games. Mm-hmm. Nothing academic. And really, that's developmentally better for kids. Now, at this point, people are about to turn us off because they're saying, oh, these are those loosey-goosey unschoolers. Not true. No. We're academic fanatics. And mm-hmm. we every one of our kids has gone off to college, has gone with multiple scholarship offers. Right. One of them studied at Oxford University in England. Yeah, we, we get the academic thing. We're into that. Yeah, but. we're into academics, but you've got to lay the right foundation for them to be able to really excel academically. And the number one foundation you need to lay for your children to excel academically is they've got to love learning. And they naturally do. I mean, they naturally, they're like little sponges when they're young. Until we kill it. Well, yeah. Let's be sure we don't choke our sponges. Yeah, until we kill it with multitudes of boring worksheets that they already know the answers to. Mm -hmm. You know, your goal in these early years is not to kill their love of learning. Right. Because if they have a love of learning, they can teach themselves anything once they have the basic tools of education. Right. So, yeah, we're not loosey-goosey people. Mm -hmm. We're pretty strict with our kids. But this age is not the age. This is not not then. This is not the time. But you got to get some school done. How do you do that? Let's talk about how to get some actual school done. Um, but first, maybe let's talk about the house. Well, the you know, house is really hard to manage. Well, okay, here's the thing. Um, I had to realize as a husband that, um, you know, when we take on this task of being homeschoolers, that the family is going to be present at home all day. And that means a couple of things. One of them, it means that mom is going to be teaching school during part of that day. She's not going to be bustling around uh, killing the cobwebs and dusting off the baseboards. She's going to be teaching school. So I kind of make some allowance for that. And also make some allowance for just, you want to say, the wear and tear of living in a place, you know? And, yeah. of course, with six boys, you know, I realized a long time ago, the the twenty year guarantee on paint was just baloney. Don't yeah. don't even believe it. Yeah, but seriously. But you know, we gotta say, look, our home is here to serve the mission that God's given us. Our mission is not to be ready for architectural digest to come by with the camera crew. Good thing. Our mission is to live here, to learn to love God, to learn to love one another, to exercise hospitality when we have opportunity, to do lots of things that we are able to do in our home. And we gotta make our home work for us. And the time when you have all little kids, it's brutally hard. Mm-hmm. It's brutally hard to get the, the work done. A couple of things simplify. Mm-hmm. You know, if you need to go to paper plates, it's all right. Trees are a renewable resource. Your nerves are not. You yeah. know, use yeah. paper plates if you need to. Use plastic silverware if you need to. You can buy it in big bins, at big boxes at Sam's very cheaply. Yeah. Like two cents each. You know, mm-hmm. simplify. Recognize that the the perfection that was possible when you had no kids at the home is no longer possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, what is it the Word of God says that yeah. about oxen? Oh, it, yeah. It says that, it says that um, where there is no ox... Where there is no ox, then the manger is clean. But there's much profit from the strength of the ox. So, you you know, to recognize, you know, our house has got some clutter in it. Why is that? Because it's alive. 
because we've got books, because we are learning, because we are raising this flock of kids. Yeah, it's gonna be, it's gonna look different than the showroom at the uh, at the furniture store you for know, good reason. We need to talk about our sponsor for just a minute. We're going to talk more about how do you manage your house mm-hmm. as soon as we've heard from our sponsor. Okay, so yeah, stick with us. But first, here's a message from those good people that are helping us out this week. Have you ever been stuck on how to bring your lessons to life? I discovered KiwiCo monthly subscriptions of hands-on projects that make learning fun. Their core offering is projects that make learning about STEAM, science, technology, engineering, art, and math accessible, and are designed to spark creativity, tinkering, and learning. Some recent favorites are the Slime Lab, Physics Carnival, and Paper Circuits. Kiwi Crate was founded by engineer and mom of three, Sandra Olin, and her deep desire to raise kids with the creative confidence needed to become the next generation of problem solvers and critical thinkers. I couldn't agree more with her mission, and I'm excited to offer you a chance to try them for free. To learn more about their projects for kids ages 2 to 16, and to redeem this exclusive offer, visit kiwico.com forward slash homeschool. That's K-I-W-I-C-O dot com forward slash homeschool to get your first month free today. Just pay $4.95 for shipping. Okay, so... So, but... but at some point, you got to have clean clothes. you got to have clean dishes. How do you actually do it? Mm-hmm. The A couple of things that, that I learned. Keep the kids with you. Okay. If you're folding clothes, hand them all the... All the, the Give them the ta- towels. The towels and the washcloths. If yep. they're not folded perfectly, that's okay. Mm-hmm. But the thing that they do badly now, they'll do better later. Mm-hmm. And if you wait until they can do it well, they won't want to do it. Well, you know what? If you've got one that's old enough to teach, if you've got a six-year-old, they're old enough to start learning some household stuff. Oh, absolutely. You know, Four-year-olds can do a lot of household stuff. So, so yeah, so, take them along with you and say, okay, this is part of your education, too. This is, this is how we unload the dishwasher. Yes. This is how we rotate the, the laundry. Let's mm-hmm. all sit down and listen to an audio book while we fold it. Mm-hmm. You know, let's, um, mama's going to sweep. I bought you a child size broom. Why don't you sweep too? Oh, yes. You know, they love that stuff and it teaches them and it's good for them. Okay. And so wrap them up in it together. Mm-hmm. The other thing is make jobs doable. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking at a little child, a four-year-old, and you say, go clean your room, honey. They don't know where to start. Well, if you walked in there, you would panic. And so instead you go in and you say, okay, pick up five books and put them away Mm -hmm. and i'll pick up five books now pick up four books now Mm -hmm. pick up three books you make it bite-sized you know that's teaching them counting skills too yeah and you make (laughs) it bite-sized and they can get it done now Mm -hmm. before we run out of town though we got to talk about how do you actually teach how do you actually get any teaching done well i'll tell you this one of the things that impressed me from the real from the very start is we we kind of looked at our environment and decided it doesn't make any sense for us to buy used maple school desks from the local school district and to set up a little school room with a blackboard 
in the corner. No. That just wasn't going to work for us. Neither was sitting around the the dining room table, which is what I pictured. Mm-hmm. That instead, I needed to be in a place comfortable enough to nurse the baby. Some of my friends have a rocking chair they like. Mm-hmm. I, I had a recliner. And I, mm-hmm. and on one side of my recliner, I had a bookcase. Yep. And on the other side, a child-sized table, like, you know, maybe two by three feet um, at a child's height with little child-sized chairs. Right. So that kids could work, sit beside me and work. Uh-huh. You got to realize babies have super simple needs. Babies mm-hmm. want mama milk and mama arms and a clean diaper. They want warm, dry, and full, and that's pretty yes. much all they want. And so you can do that right there with the baby in your arms while you do school. Baby mm-hmm. doesn't care. Yep. Baby doesn't care if you're teaching history. No. As long matter. as it's latched on or got a dry diaper or in mama's arms, it doesn't care. And it gets to watch the older siblings bustle around. And they love that. Okay. And so you got to get the right arrangement. And then just wrap your baby into your life. Keep them with you. Um, now, you will you will cope a lot better if you get enough sleep. So I highly recommend taking your baby to bed with you so that mm-hmm. you can just wake up and latch them on and go back to sleep. Well, and nap time's know, a real thing, isn't it? Yeah, make sure everybody takes nap time okay i found it easier to bring them to bed with me yeah all of us get in our king size bed and i would read them two or three stories Mm -hmm. and then i'd lay my arms across everybody latch the baby on lay my arms across the rest of them and go to sleep (laughs) it's really hard to stay awake with somebody sleeping on top of you that's right (laughs) so and when your kid's a little you can get a lot of them into bed oh yeah and then i would wake up 20 or 30 minutes later and just slide out and everybody would sleep for two hours because they weren't alone right so you got to get some sleep. Mm-hmm. What about those toddlers? Now that's you know that's they're more a tough challenging one. than the baby. They are challenging, and people will oh, but say, let me "Oh, say they're this. so disruptive." Do not be afraid to nurse your baby in front of your children. You know, right. be discreet. Pull your shirt up, not down. Right. Be discreet, but it's healthy for them to see you caring for your baby that way. It gives them a a, a very healthy basis for you know our sons. I remember when I asked our son if they, they were going to be breastfeeding our grandbaby. And he's like, of course. Mm-hmm. You know, it just, it, it's good education for them. Okay. Now, what about toddlers, though? Okay. Oh, my goodness. All toddlers right. are a little bit more challenging. Okay. Well, yeah, what indeed. So you've got a, you got a six-year-old. You probably have a four-year-old or a three-year-old in that mix. Now, the four-year-old can actually maybe do a little bit of play school stuff with you. But the three-year-old's going to be... A little more challenging. Yeah, the twos, threes. Yeah, so what would you do with a two or three-year-old and you're trying to homeschool an older sibling there? Get a baby gate so they can't leave the room you're doing school in. Uh, okay, yeah. Because that's where you get in trouble is you get concentrated on something and they're in the toilet. Floating uh-huh. toys. Uh-huh. Okay, so get a baby gate or something so they can't escape the room that you're in. And then make sure you got a lot of toys, a lot of quiet toys in the room. Well, and I see, yeah, and that was a, that was part of our schoolroom setup for many years was we had a toy shelf right nearby. Now, you know about the quiet toys, though. Mm-hmm. What do you do if somebody gives you a noisy toy? Let me tell you what to do. You say, Mama, thank you so much for giving me a vacuum popper. I love that, that when I was a little baby. Uh-huh. And you know what? Our little ones will love playing with that at your house and send it home with them. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> well, we've had more than one toy that that batteries were not included, and they never were included. Yep. <laughs> and that's okay. Yeah, that's quiet okay. toys, lots of quiet toys. 
Uh Uh, Sometimes you have the kid who's extra loud. We had one of those. He's still Uh loud, and he's 16. Uh And I would say, honey, use your inside voice. He was the sweetest kid. Uh He'd say, oh, I'm sorry. And he'd start out quiet, and then pretty soon he was playing at the top of his lungs again. I'd say, honey, look. Go play in the other room. He was a little bit older. Uh-huh. And he'd say, but I want to be with you. Yes, yeah, some kids are challenging. And sometimes, yeah, there's some that you're just going to have to say, as we'd say here in the South, well, bless his heart. <laughs> his volume control doesn't work. But you're just going to have to say, that's part of our routine. Well, okay. Like, for example, we have we have one who was like hyper, hyperactive. And the only way that you got anything done with her when she was starting out was we got one of those little round miniature trampolines, you know, like you do for your exercise, yep. and just put it out on the floor. And I know you'd you'd call her up and you'd do like the sound of one letter, and then she would go jump. Boom, 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 boom. How we would read five words, and she would jump a hundred times. And you know what? You do what you need to do. It's okay. That child would have never survived sitting on a desk. All right. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And you know what? She does fine now. Yeah. And she yep. asked me, could she do an extra math lesson today? I know. Somebody brought her a book and she said, I think you'd really enjoy this. And she said, but this math is so interesting. What could be better than doing this math? I'm thinking, oh, be still my heart. Wow. Don't expect that for a long time, y'all. Yeah, okay. they, yeah they grow into that. Okay. <laughs> now, what do you do when they say, but I want to do school? Okay, because and they're three years old and you do not need a curriculum for your three-year-old. No. What do you do with that? You know what? They don't want to be left out. Okay. And so what you do is you get them up in your lap, uh-huh. and you get you you look into their eyes. You give them focus, okay? Eye contact. Make Eye sure contact. they see you, you looking at them. Focus with them, and you say, "I love you so much." You know what? Mm-hmm. Your smiles make my day. And then you do some toddler school with them. Mm-hmm. You sing the ABC song. You teach them a Bible verse. That's wonderful. Teach them one of the we use the catechism for boys and girls. It's a Baptist catechism. Right. Teach them a catechism question, like it goes, "Who made you? God made me. Mm-hmm. What else did God make?" Even little ones can learn that. God made all things. So we and we'll put a link to that in the show notes. Yep. And get them some crayons and paper and art supplies that they can only use during school. Mm-hmm. And include them as much as possible. Like I recommend when you have, we always start off our day with devotions Mm -hmm. and everybody starts off their day with devotions. And so we sit down and read a passage from the word of God and explain it. And we sing the hymn of the week. We sing a different hymn, all the verses every day that week. And we, each day we explain one of the verses. Mm -hmm. And so they learn a ton of hymns. And we sing the hymn of the week. And usually by that time, the little ones are pretty done with sitting still. By the time we pray. Mm-hmm. They're pretty done with sitting still. So they want to play for a while. Let them play. Then they're going to look around and say, Mama's paying attention to somebody else. Mm-hmm. And they're going to want your attention. And you know what? They've got a very short attention span except for one thing. They can whine forever. All day long. They can complain forever. And so you found the key to that. Yes. Now listen carefully, okay? First attention is shortest. Now, let me explain that. You, When your toddler or your preschooler comes up and whines, they want your attention, you're going to be really tempted to say, just a minute, I'm finishing math. Okay? Yeah. Just a minute, mm-hmm. I'm finishing math. And they're going to whine and whine and whine. And they're going to be so upset by the time you turn to them, it's going to take you 45 minutes to calm them down. 
Meanwhile, you're not getting a whole lot of math done because they're so no. distracting. Instead, turn to the kid doing the math and say, keep doing what you're doing. Or if they're old enough to read, you can turn around the teacher's manual and say, read what it says to do next and do it. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> and then you get the toddler up in your lap. You look out eyeball to eyeball mm-hmm. and you do what we described. We, you sing a song with them, teach them a Bible verse, teach them a catechism. And their attention spans are super short, so they will jump off and run off in just a minute. Three, it, three minutes, five minutes max, probably. Yes, and it won't interrupt your day much at all. But don't let them whine for your attention, because that will interrupt it big time. And by the same token, don't say, I'm sorry, toddler school is from 10 to 10.15. It's not time for you oh, yet. No. That's not going to work. No, That's not going to no, work. No, 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 no. no, no. But just with school-like stuff you mm-hmm. do with them, you got to keep it super, with the little ones, right. keep, keep it super short, super light, no stress. Because you want them to connect. Learning is great. Learning is fun. It's enjoyable. It's going to be fantastic. And whenever you are reading aloud, like I suggest when you're doing history, science, music anything with your younger kids with your ele- mm-hmm. elementary school kids read yeah. aloud do the same thing with all of them don't have one in this history and one in that history and no 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 do one history for the whole family mm-hmm. anybody under high school age you know yeah or maybe upper middle school right and get them together and read it aloud as a family and you will never believe how much those little ones will pick up well their brains at that age are are really like little recorders they, they will just sponge up all that information, and there's never a time that they can memorize any easier than when they're little. Well, I'll tell you how. It's a struggle for me to get those extra subjects done, Yeah. like history and stuff, mm-hmm. with our middle school kids like now, because we're yeah. on the road so much. Mm-hmm. But the weirdest thing has happened. What? I have noticed that when we do it, they already know it. Everything I go to teach them, they already know it. Because they were sitting right there when their older siblings were listening to it. Yes. And so they've heard it, and it's embedded in there. And that gives you, that takes away some stress. Because you know when they're not paying attention this time, they're going to hear it again. We're going to study ancient Egypt again. We're going to study ancient Rome again. We're going to study the Middle Ages again. They're going to hear it several times before they get out of your home. Mm -hmm. And so you don't have to freak out that they're going to miss something. You don't have to, you know, feel anxiety because they're not paying attention and they're five years old. There is no five-year-old pays attention for a long time. Hmm. Well, look, we are about out of time, and I wanted to bring up one more thing before we left. And that is, and we're thinking, we've been talking like, okay, you've got a six-year-old, and that's your oldest, and you're starting homeschooling with little ones there. But you know what? That's not always the case. Maybe, Maybe you're homeschooling, and your oldest is 12 or 14 years old, and you still got little ones around. You still got to deal with the, the interruptions. And How do you manage multiple grades? Because how many grades did you teach at one time? Oh, probably six or more. I remember you. But, you know, that we need to do a whole session on that. Okay. Let's save that for another podcast. You want to save that for another episode? Yeah, because there's one more thing I want to say here. Okay, go ahead. The whole world is telling you to start school early. They'll start asking you, are you sending your kids to preschool when your child's two and a half? Uh-huh. They'll start asking you what curriculum you're using. Resist the pressure. (laughs) Because when you start too early before they're developmentally ready, Mm -hmm. and we talk about how to look for developmental readiness, Mm -hmm. we have a boyhood boot camp. 
mm-hmm. that we're starting a new session first week of October. Okay. Go to raisingrealmen.com slash boyhood. Okay. We'll talk about signs of readiness, how to know when they're ready for formal instruction. Mm-hmm. When you start before they're developmentally ready for school, then what happens is they feel like academic failures and they stop loving to learn. They start to dread it. That's the worst outcome possible. So don't let people push you. If you need if you mm-hmm. need something to put to to satisfy a really pushy family, go for something like the homegrown preschooler, which is basically a playing curriculum. Okay? But mm-hmm. you don't need anything. And your child's not gonna get behind. They're not gonna fall behind everybody else. In fact, you're doing them a favor. Because the things that they learn playing alongside you is the best stuff possible. And like I said, if you want to hear more about this, you want to learn about Maria Montessori and what she learned about this age, come and join us for Boyhood Boot Camp. I think you're going to love it. It's four live sessions. Mm -hmm. And you can join at any time. Right. If you can't watch it live, you can watch the recordings. Right. But if you watch it live, you you can ask all the questions you want. So that is starting first week of October. I think the October second. I think yes. is the first first day. So and go to raisingwomen.com slash boyhood. We need to stop. How we're going too long. Okay. Well, look, we appreciate this. Appreciate the opportunity to talk with you and to share with you, and hope that it's been an encouragement to you. If you like it, hey, go out on iTunes or go out to um, iHeartRadio and leave a comment there and let them know. Hey, hey, this is a really great podcast. We enjoyed it. And we would love to hear from you. You know what? If you'd like to have us come speak at your church or your support group or your local parenting group, whatever, come out to our speaking page, which is howandmelanie.com. You'll find all the information you need and ways to get in touch with us there. And this is the time to do it because we are booking up now for for uh, 2019. Yes. And the calendar is open. So we would love to hear from you. Um, But until, until the next time we gather together... Uh, We hope you have a great week. I'm Hal. And I'm Melanie. Thanks for joining us. Bye, y'all. Bye now. You've been listening to Making Biblical Family Life Practical with Hal and Melanie Young. If you found this program interesting, challenging, and encouraging, why not join us on the web at halandmelanie.com. That's H-A-L-A-N-D-M-E-L-A-N-I-E.com. Or follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook at Facebook slash Hal and Melanie or facebook.com slash Raising Real Men. This program is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Join us next week when we'll be back to talk about making biblical family life practical. Until then, thank you and God bless you for listening.